0: Welcome to the show. Well, you have to clap. Scene. Yes. And that starts. That starts. Is that
1: what professional acting is all about? Yes.
0: Scene. Yes. But when you're acting, you have to do other people's words. You guys get to do the same song over and over and over and and over
1: and over and over again. And over and over again.
0: As a a comedian. Doing it in your underwear. As a comedian, I got to (laughs) write new material every year.
1: Right. You know. Isn't that the same with wrestling, though? You just I got to write new no material
2: moves? every match. <laughs> every match? So let me ask you that. So, But I only had two moves, so it didn't matter. You did only have two <laughs> moves, yes.
0: <laughs> You're you you are the only man in underwear that I admired.
1: You haven't seen me in underwear, you though.
2: <laughs> the night is young. The well, night I, I let
0: me ask you, so when it comes to I- I- in wrestling, is it is there a... I don't know how we ended up here. It's but, real. No, I know it's very physical and very real, but... Do you know who's going to win?
2: <laughs> are you serious? Yes. A hundred percent. Okay, so... Th- but I then... hate to... D- I mean, I know it's Christmas time and everything. <laughs> Everyone believes in S- Hanukkah, Harry, and Santa Claus and all that. But wrestling might be predetermined, yes.
0: Right, okay. So do you practice what you're going to do in the ring before? It depends on who you are.
2: Literally. I mean, you know, if you've been there for a hundred years, like Hogan... Uh, anybody, anybody remember when I wrestled Hulk Hogan and so, so uh, I, the stipulation to wrestle Hogan is that I have to beat Scott Hall earlier in the night. So I wrestled Scott Hall and then I go to talk to Hogan about the match. (laughs) So I walk in his room and Hogan had been a you know, in the business for 115 years. Yeah. His tenure is unbelievable. So I walk in the room and I had just been in the business six months and I looked at him and I said, so, uh, Mr. Hogan, what would you like to do? And he goes, ha, don't worry about it, kid. We'll call it in the ring. What does that mean? That means that we're going to do it on the fly.
3: Like, is he whispering in your ear? And he's whispering,
2: well, not like, you know, not (laughs) like, hey, (laughs) buddy. But yeah, 100%, he's talking to me and telling me what we're doing while the match is going on. And but he I would, was completely terrified. But he definitely leads. Well, yeah, especially, well, yes, I'd only been in the business six months, but even if I'd been in the business 600 years, you follow Hulk Hogan, you do whatever he wants. And so what, ha- what happens? We lock up and he pulls me in a headlock and he has Icy Hot underneath his armpit. <laughs> right? And so I can't see the rest the of The old match. Icy Hot under the armpit trick. I'm going to remember you that. You heard one. it here first.
1: Randy Rogers did that one time to his weird.
2: <laughs> Didn't it make your set? How'd you read your set?
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> a hold my beard and. Ugh. Damn.
0: Hold,
2: hold my beard and smell this. Hold my beard. <laughs> 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 okay, you, sorry to interrupt. not go that far. So, Icy Hot. Yeah, but I mean, yes, you, you, uh, you get to the. Are- I'm really ruining it for anyone who truly believes that. <clears throat> There is some realness.
0: in... Well, uh, you know,
2: nobody watches our podcast, so you're good. Okay, good. So, in that case, in that case, um, everybody that watches the podcast, they're fucking here. So, so. you walk, you walk in, you walk into an arena, and you go, you go in the locker room, and there's a board, and it's right when you walk in, everybody sees it. Goldberg versus Hogan, twenty minutes. Goldberg. So. Goldberg versus Hogan is the match. It's going 20 minutes, and the winner is whoever is written up there. And so you work back. In this case, you. Yes. So you work backwards from it, and you compile a match that's going to take that period of time. You try to tell a story in that period of time with certain moves. And like I said, I only had two, so it really didn't matter for me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a terrifying process, especially when you're in your underwear in Who? front of millions of people. So, that yeah, kind of sucked. When I was in the
0: business as a writer... I met several writers that wrote for WWE.
2: Yeah. Uh, who decides that you beat Hogan? Uh, that night it was Hogan.
3: Hogan decides.
2: Hogan decides. Well, yeah, at, 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 at the time, it was the Monday Night, Monday night Wars, WWF against WCW. WWF uh, historically is known to be run by Vince McMahon. When you get a guy like Hulk Hogan in the business, who is arguably the pillar of professional wrestling, when he comes to WCW, an upstart company that is led by younger people, you follow his lead. And so he needed, a, he was running hot with that NWO bad guy character, and they needed, you're only as good as a wrestler as your opponent, right? And so they needed some big monstrous, ugly dude like me to beat him. And so I fit the bill pretty well. And I, I did. He chose to do it and it was a perfect move for the business at the time. And he was, he's, he's very unselfish. Did you, know? you, did you ever do guy. the
0: unselfish thing and decide to let somebody beat you? No, I was never in
2: a situation to where I made the call, right? Really? At you the never th- made a call? Well, I mean, I've made a call a couple times, you know, but that was different. Um, the fact is, is that they never paid me enough money to be a- also a producer. Right, so you pay me to be a wrestler, I come up, I, I, I show up for work, I see my assignment, and I try to do it as best as humanly possible. I don't get into the, hey, well I should win this time, or let this, although during the streak, and this should tell you a little bit about me, during the streak, um, and I wasn't the biggest wrestling fan growing up, so I don't really know how rabid these fans are. Well, I didn't at the time. There was a guy named Bobby Heenan, Okay. I don't know who Bobby Heenan is. Anybody, you're you're you know, too young.
0: Yeah, you know Bobby Heenan? So, so, this guy's very into it. Right, right here, yeah. this guy. That guy right there is like, I know who Bobby Heenan is. I can tell.
2: So, um, And there was also a guy named Bobby Eaton, right? And he was a wrestler. And it was his birthday, and we were doing a house show. And a house show is a non-televised event, which is basically you know if you go to if you're if you got vegas saturday and you got la the next saturday you'll do a small town maybe a gig in between in yeah. between right so that's that's what dark show or uh, house shows yeah. were so they're non-televised mm-hmm. events it just so happened to be in his hometown and it just so happened to be his birthday oh sh- and he taught me a, a sh- like a lot in the business he was extremely unselfish he gave me every bit of knowledge that that he had and I wanted him to beat me on my birthday in the middle of the streak, and, and they wouldn't let me. And I had no idea why. Because well, they had to
0: build this huge. Yeah,
2: but it was you know. his birthday. It was his hometown, and nobody'd see it. But every like, time somebody in the audience is. gonna <laughs> know Every time that he you're... came
0: into town, it was his fucking
2: birthday. So, yeah. <laughs> He's like, let me win. It's my birthday. I'm just saying, you know. But they I mean, didn't let you even in a oh, dark. Oh, hundred percent, no, no, because it, it would have gotten out. It was before the internet was a huge deal on re- in wrestling, but. Yeah, I would have gotten out, and it, I would have been a sham because the streak was. How bad. many were How many
0: were in the streak, if I recall? Seventy.
2: I think no, one hundred and seventy. I think one hundred and seventy. I, I think I beat like five guys at least five times apiece. I mean, there's a dirty joke there. Go ahead. They, they, <laughs> Thank you, Wade. They I started, know you saw it. They started making <laughs> a, They started making <laughs> opponents up after a while because there weren't. I, I don't think there were one hundred and seventy guys on the roster. But did you
0: know that they were going to turn you into? Deep, like, you know, did they already tell you, like, hey, no. we're going to do something huge with you?
2: No, it was yeah. all organic. It just happened. Um, I, I, I was a professional football player who looked at wrestling. I, I, looked, I turned my nose down at it. Uh, I never appreciated what they did. I never, you know, I never aspired to be a wrestler. I was a real dude. I wanted to play in the NFL. I was trying to kill guys for real, not acting like it on TV. And then, when my accountant called me after I got out of the NFL and said, Listen, man, you might want to get off your ass and go make some money. Then I, 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 you know, it was an option, right? Right. And so I saw Sting, and he and I became really good friends, and I, and he was a family man, and he was great with the kids, but he was this character on wrestling, right? And so I'm like, If this dude can do it, you know what? Frick, I can do it. And so I did. And, uh, I put my pride to the side and I ran around in front of millions of people in my underwear. Is
3: they you know were I mean? really cute black
2: underwear. Yeah. Thank you, very much.
0: So, uh, Wade, tell us about your tour bus.
2: <laughs> how do you segue from? <laughs> how, do you,
1: how do you follow the phrase like this?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I will, say, I will uh, say though,
1: man, I will say you know like, I I. I you keep talking about ruining for people, but you know, like the the movie, The Wrestler was was a great movie. It was and a
2: lot. There's a lot of truth. That's what I was wondering.
1: It seemed like there was a lot of truth behind that movie, and you may be you know winning, but it, you guys go through hell, right? I mean, it's the, brutal. The best right?
2: way I can describe being a pro wrestler is you're you're a rock star and a professional athlete built into one. Right, So you go to different towns every couple days, and you party like your head's about it, to blow off. Are uh, we
0: getting sound? Uh, uh, make sure you're talking to the mic, sir. Yeah, yeah
2: especially when I say something sweaty
0: like that. Ball. Sweaty
1: balls, um, <laughs> sweaty
0: balls,
2: You know, But like I said, you're, you're, a, you're, a, you're an athlete and a rock star, right? And so you're, physically you're on the brink every night, but you have to go out and do your job. But then you have to be a man of the people, right? You've got to go out and mingle with everybody and make new fans and I mean it was a great deal. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But, but it is very taxing. My first year I was on the road two hundred and fifteen days a year.
0: Two hundred and fifteen days.
2: Jeez, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you it's crazy. When did you have your did you
0: have your son? Before, after the career?
2: No, I retired. I met my wife when I did the the Santa Claus movie, and then that was my great movie. Last match, <laughs> it was a good movie. I met my wife. <laughs> um, other than that, I could care less. Yeah. But
0: um, but you, you met your wife on that movie?
2: I met my wife, and then I went back and I did uh, uh, WrestleMania 20 with Brock. And then I retired for 12 years.
0: Well, and then there was a match where you came back with your son.
2: Well, yeah, because I had it because we had a kid and he's like five, and everybody always asked him, "What'd your dad do?" And you know, I thought, and so I'm like, you know what? Forget all these answers and let's just show up." So I went back at 500 years old. And- <laughs> Beat Brock Lesnar in 90 seconds, and you know had a nice little run for a couple of years, and I got to provide my son and my wife with a front row seat of, a- actually what I used to do. So I mean, cool. for a guy like me in show business, which we're all in, it's it's few and far between uh, opportunities like that to be able to retire and then come back and then show them firsthand what you did.
3: So you essentially just took them on tour with you. Well, yeah
2: i i wouldn't be married if i would have taken her on tour with me but <laughs> yeah
0: Whoa. edit that edit that cut, that cut that cut that this is not live thank you all
1: for coming out okay. God, have a good
0: night. <laughs> merry christmas okay merry christmas to you all we raised a lot of money renee show me a couple family. i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> Was there a was there a different like like my son you know it's funny because people go oh my god you go on stage for a living that's very hard to do mm-hmm. my son and my daughter they walk on stage like it's nothing because they see me like to them it's like well that's what dad does was there but a change in him?
2: How about pressure? Do they are they they're, they're not old enough to feel pressure? Yeah, they, they don't, don't feel the stage fright. Exactly.
3: They just think you walk up and people watch. <laughs> the
0: the first time was this year we did um, Fort Worth. And I think it was 3,200 seats. And I told my son, I'm like, hey, come out here. Come see the audience. And for the first time, I saw him go, oh, yeah, I don't want to sing. Like, I mean, that's yeah. the one time. How about your kids, Wade? Were they just like, are they in the, do they sing? Do they? Yeah, yeah,
1: no, they do. And uh, they're really good. And they, they got up, yeah, same thing. They got up when they were real little. Like, it's no thought. Just jump right up. Everything's cool. Um, as they got older, they, they stopped wanting to be. On stage, you know, in front of people. I, actually, my my youngest son, he's 15 now. He just went out with me this past summer for a few shows and played drums with me, and that's the first time I've gotten him out in a while. But wow. he got up, no, you know, I told him I was, I was like, we'll do sound check, and if you suck, you're not playing tonight. <laughs> and he was and like, and he was right, like well, you enough. play
0: every night, Dad. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I can be better than you, so I'll be
4: fine. Yeah, you know? I'm all
1: right. I've heard your music. I can play drums with this. So this is fine. <laughs> But like he crushed his soundcheck and sound check, went out there in front of a huge crowd in Kansas City and... Uh, I mean, huge crowd, huge crowd, because that's all I play for, huge crowds. Yes. Uh, but he just got out there like it was nothing and just...
0: Was there played, a... You because drums is
1: different from a guitar player or a bass player... Oh, you've got to keep the beat. Well, you've got to hold the band together, and that's... You're, you're, he, he was 14 at the time, you're thinking, man, I'm asking my 14-year-old son to hold the band together, a professional touring band whatever <laughs> and uh he did man it's it, you can't hide behind the music you gotta you gotta you gotta play the drums and he he did great he came out three but nights with us and did great
0: as 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 a dad I mean obviously you're worried you're nervous but there's got to be a proud moment right oh it's it's
1: it's the it's the <laughs> proudest you can be it's just like man I mean he just absolutely crushed it <laughs> I have
0: no idea
2: what even, going through if, Bill's head right now even
1: if he'd have fallen apart he still would have been proud that he even tried you know so it was cool it was yeah. fun so this is how we proud I was one song.
2: I don't know if you know this, but Gage, I had a, before I retired, I had a, a, a feud with Bobby Lashley. Who's Bobby Lashley? Exactly. And This guy knows. He's his biggest Goldberg? Really? Absolutely. He's also 20 years younger. I used to eat guys like Bobby Lashley when I was big. Um Now I just let my son eat those people. So the the good, the funny thing is, is that Gage, so Bobby came in, uh, I had a feud with somebody else at the time, but it was backstage at wrestling and he comes in and he gets along great with Gage. And so he asked if I would throw Gage into the fray, right? And I'm like, I don't know, let me ask Gage. And so, long story short, San Antonio, Gage's football team was on the front row. Bobby was messing with me. And then he gets up in Gage's face. So, fast forward this to in Vegas, the new stadium. We had a pay-per-view. And I'm getting beat up by Bobby Lashley. And Gage jumps out of the stands, jumps in the middle of the ring. Now, this was planned, obviously. Right. Jumps in the middle of the ring, jumps on Bobby's back. And Bobby proceeds to choke him out. Oh shit, that's my boy. Choked him out, (laughs) right? So he has to act like he's choked out. So I'm over in the corner hurt, (laughs) but I'm watching my son to make sure he's doing everything correctly. Well, he's smiling. (laughs) So I started laughing. This is so cool. I started laughing over here because (laughs) being proud of your son, yeah. And and I'm choking gay. So he, I got his shirt, and I'm behind him, and I'm consoling him, but I'm literally choking, choking him his ass. with his own shirt so he stops laughing. Right. You're like, stop so laughing. So I was very proud of him at, at that moment, right? So, That's pretty good. Hey, what yeah. do you think? This is a game? Bro, take this shit serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is real you, shit, You have man. to take the fakeness seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah, please. Right, babe? Listen to him. You have to take... I try. I try. Oh, she... I think think she meant that to you. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) You have to take the fake... I don't know how it works.
0: Yeah, Yeah, sorry. Now, what happened to the drummer that your son replaced?
1: (laughs) Well, he only got got to play one song. We're not going to get carried away here.
0: Oh, I just... I mean, (laughs) you're like, take a day off, my son's going to play.
1: Yeah, no, no, we're not going to do that. I mean, he's going to have to learn, you know, you got to... You don't just get to get on stage and play for thousands of people. You got to play for two or zero for a long damn time yeah. before you get to. You got to earn, earn it, it.
0: How long has, has your career been?
1: 20. I've been playing for 27 years now, 26 oh. years. Yeah.
0: Sleeping I mean, in the, the car. The Beatles were only
1: together for eight, so that's pretty
0: good. <laughs> that's, that's pretty damn good, brother. Who <laughs> With the Beatles again. <laughs> Who's George Harrison? Wor- worst show you ever did. Worst show? The worst show you ever did.
1: Flatbed trailer outside of uh, Lubbock in a city called Post. We-
0: you know Post? I was like, are there people from Post here? Oh, no, this guy was like, I was, I was the one. Post. Yeah, she goes, I was the one person at the show. Yeah. That was.
1: <laughs> My piano player at the time was right when we first started. He's like, I got us a gig. And we're all like, course, back then you're like, yes. We have a gig, anything, we'll take it. And uh, we play it outside of a bait shop.
3: Bait shop? What? (laughs) Did you say bake or bait?
1: Like Kevin Fowler bait shop. (laughs) Beer, bait and ammo. How many people? That's
2: worse than a bake shop. Worse
1: than a bake shop. How many people? I I don't know, I try to put it out (laughs) of my my mind.
0: (laughs) But those are the ones that don't go away. I did a show, Midland Odessa, they call me up, new, new comedy club. I'm like, I'm in, what are we doing? I get there, behind the stage, they had a twin bed. <laughs> and they were like, that's where you're staying. I go, where am I gonna shower? They had a water hose over a pipe <laughs> in the kitchen <laughs> over the grill. Nice. You know, and I would shower in there, and then I'd put my shit on, and then eight people would come and perform not knowing that I had not made my bed there was, in the back. I'm like, this comedy club fucking sucks, but I'm yeah. doing a gig. It's a gig.
1: Stillwater, Stillwater Oklahoma one time, I, after a show, I paid for a hotel, went inside, went back out in the car, and slept in the car.
0: Oh, I've done that. I didn't yeah. even
1: ask for my money back. Yeah, I've done that.
0: You're like, there's only porn on the TV, sir.
1: <laughs> well, I would have stayed if there was that.
0: <laughs> What's that? What? but so but bill did you have to do the mom and pop wrestling things too or you pretty much went straight to the show
2: yeah i mean i uh i did that right in the beginning in orlando at universal studios we had a show i think it was saturday morning or something and that was that was my territory right that's where i went and i kind of learned but i did most of my stuff or it was all dark matches so i actually wasn't televised until i was on nitro wow monday night so yeah i mean but i came from the nfl and i mean it, it's yeah, it was a, it was a what's more of a rush <laughs> football football for kidding, sure right yeah a thousand you, percent. because you your the, life is completely on the line every single play. but do you hear the crowd more in football or more in wrestling oh no i never heard the crowd in football i didn't that wasn't part of it it was just the physicality of you know I don't want a to car wreck every like, yeah, yeah every 18 seconds i yeah. mean there's just something innately brutal about that then i just love it and then wrestling i mean wrestling was great because and i said it in my hall of fame spe- speech but oh I'll fucking drop that uh, <laughs> shit it's fake hey. it's
0: fake hey. so it's a fake hall of fame well, i'm not at it like that <laughs>
2: I'm just saying. I'm just I mean, saying. Shit. I'm just saying. I mean, my name's the, on the comedy store wall on the Sunset Boulevard. I'm just saying. My only reason to <laughs> want to be in the NFL was to be somebody that kids could look up to. Period. End of story. Well, you're, se- rea- you're seven foot. They always look up to you. But I realized that as I was doing my speech at the WWE Hall of Fame, (laughs) it was more important and I would reach more kids if I was doing the WWE thing. So it kind of came full circle and I didn't appreciate the business. I didn't look at it in in any other way, shape or form other than a money making business, but it gave me the opportunity to do the one thing that I really wanted to do that was more important than money, that was more important than Fame and titles, it's reached kids.
0: Thousand percent, man. And that's, that's,
2: and, truthfully, I was, all I wanted to do. I, you know,
0: since the day I met you, Bill, you were one of the most kindest person with your time. Thank you. I mean, anytime I'm with Bill, they usually ask for my picture first, and then. <laughs> <laughs> no, every time I'm with Bill Wade, he's just, he's a presence. And when yeah. he's somewhere, people know he's there and but you he, give
3: with your whole heart. Oh, you You're do. So, and so warm. and
0: it's such thanks. a beautiful thing and just so you guys know when Bill and I first met and started talking about our love for veterans, this was born because we both love veterans and Bill said, "I am in. What are we doing? How do we do it?" So I just want to give Bill a round of applause for that man because it's awesome. Thanks. So.
2: thanks for always being it's so willing at to the, help. Just that at the end of the day, no matter who you I appreciate it very much and and I do. I mean I, I I try to put myself out there so much that, you know, I don't really have time for myself at times. And we're all like that. But the reality is no matter who you are, no matter what you chase, no matter how hard you chase to get to that pinnacle that you're at, it, 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 it's all about giving back. has to be. I mean, truthfully, yeah. it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially as blessed as we are, right? You absolutely. know, I feel selfish sometimes that I get a paycheck after doing Exactly what I love to do, yeah. and also what I did for free. Yeah. You know, me and me and my road manager, we laugh because we go, "I would have done this shit for free." Well, you're not getting paid tonight. <laughs> so, I mean, no, I'm like, not yeah. getting paid tonight at all. No. Um, but, um, Wade, I wanted to talk to you for one second because I have one question, and then if you could be so kind Sing. to grace us with a couple of songs, yeah, yeah. a couple of songs from Wade Bowen. Yeah. Yep. Um, one of my favorite songs is "Who I Am." I love that song. However, I have to ask you about one lyric. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Do you know what lyric I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Why that lyric? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Okay. You're talking about the ladies' lyric. Yes. So, uh, there was the third song I ever wrote in my life. No shit? Yeah. And I had no clue what I was doing. Still really don't, but I'm hanging in there. <laughs> 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 but 28 years later, it you're, fair, yeah. you're doing pretty no, good. No, no, no. But I, I wrote it uh, at the time. I was writing it the song about what I thought love was. I didn't know how to put that really into a song. The song came out truly just a love song about being in love with somebody. But it really was about what I thought love was, in, you know, down the road. Because I was, I was 19 years old when I wrote
0: what? it. What? Yeah. Wow. I had no idea you wrote yeah. that song at 19. Yeah. Is, is that one of those that you just wake up and you had it?
1: Well, no, I mean, back then I had no clue what I was doing. I mean, like, really, I mean, no joking around. I, we all look back, like Guy Clark said one time, he said, this is the first song I wrote that I kept. You know, it's like we, we, throw them, we should have thrown them all away. I got that first record that I made that... Uh, I, I, it's discontinued years ago. I'd, I never want anybody in the world to ever hear it. That's <laughs> like you with your <laughs> first comedy I album. I have, have a comedy
0: uh, album that I wish yeah. would fucking disappear. I, I wish it would, too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I made it. I made it disappear. I was like, nope, don't have it. So actually what you're hearing on that uh, song is a live recording from the Blue Light in Lubbock, Texas. That's, where, that's the one that's being played the most. But through the years, I've recut it a couple of different times and change that lyric. I
0: know that, I've noticed that, that there, you know, there's a different lyric there and I, I I told my wife, I love the song so much and we listen to it and I hold her hand and I go, you know, and then there's that part and I'm like, this motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then I've heard it before with a different lyric. Why that lyric though? At that time in your life?
1: Well, because I was just like, I, it was my shitty, terrible way of saying I've, I've I've been around but I'm settling down with you kind of, kind of thing. It was just, I didn't know how to write songs. Oh, never mind. In. I do
0: like it. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. I... Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a terrible lyric. Like, terrible way to put it. But it's, it's definitely better than Josh Abbott saying, there's blue bonnets in the summer. <laughs> so, there's that. True story. We have, True I mean, story. Yeah. We all, we all have, when we're first writing songs, there's, you know, we're very blessed in this scene to have, like, we're, especially the day and age we live in where you can... These younger artists can, can write songs, record them immediately, and put it out, like, literally within days. Right. And it, was, it wasn't that way when we first started, but I still, you still could get it out there uh, on an independent level, you know, right. a lot quicker. And so, you know, I, we, just, we, we probably shouldn't take our first five years of songwriting and not ever put it out in the world, but we do, because we're...
0: Well, because I always talk to my wife about this. In this business, if you don't believe you're good, you'll never get in the business. Right. So it's you, a hard business. Yeah, it's a hard business, but you have to think, man, I deserve to be in front of people because I'm good. And if you don't have that attitude, then you don't get on stage.
1: Right.
3: You so, have to have a certain amount of ego to get up and keep trying.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I guess you do. You, especially songwriters and comedians, too, Like you're writing your own stuff. You know? So you're laying, you're pretty much standing up there naked most of the time, just laying your heart out there going,
0: ah. Well, we I have a stool and that's it. You yeah. at least have a guitar and a yeah. fucking band. Yeah. Right? Bill's no got kidding. his underwear. <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> uh, before he sings, I need a, a crown on the rocks, please, because i got to have a drink to listen to Wade Bowen uh, sing, so I'm going to get a crown on the rocks. But, I agree. I I one, those. one for the big dog, too.
1: I agree, because I sound way better when you drink.
0: And it, <laughs> Keep drinking. So that song, is, which is the song that for you was like, aha, I have something here, that, that connected um, with the fans, that, that just... Kind of almost changed your career was there a certain song or was it just a grind
1: well that one that was who i am is the most popular song still to this day i, I i've tried to like write love songs because we all have songs that we're like damn it i wish i didn't have to sing that every night you know um no offense to everybody who loves who i am but it's just <laughs> right? every we all have those songs Like, man that was the third song i wrote i d- never really thought it was that great and then all of a sudden i've learned in, in my career it doesn't really matter what we think <laughs> exactly. it only That's matters right. what they think and they i sport? can i can focus on songs and focus on albums and try to do the best i can but you. you know it only matters at the end of the day whether people want to listen to the song and they want to come out of the shows and so um i've tried to i've tried to write more love songs that i thought would be that i think are better but it's never topped it so that one that has been the most popular that one in a song called till it does on the first hold my beer record that really yep. and I did. And then, but I think the changing, like the, the biggest song was Saturday night for me. Cause that was the first time I was on a major label. First time I had the major publishing deal. Like first time I had everything right in the palm of my hands, like I wanted in my career. And I had that song, you know, moving up the charts and all that and then still- Can I brag day, about you
0: real quick? Number yeah. one on the Texas music chart right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks man. But that, that song was the
1: one... Well, Saturday Night was like, you know, it was the kind of introduction to the rest of the world. I've been playing Texas music and all that up until that point. So that was the first real, like, charting song and kind of got me out to the rest of the country and the rest of the world. And so that, that was, I mean, still to this day, every time we play it every night, it's not the most requested song, but it's the one that everybody goes, oh, yeah. I know yeah, that song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so
0: Favorite stage to I ever. I think it's the only...
1: Care, true karaoke song that I have if you go do true karaoke anywhere in the country
0: Saturday and I hope night, you don't, I won. hope you fucking don't do karaoke anybody here, <laughs> shame on you
3: we're doing karaoke after the podcast y'all? yes, after the podcast yes. Yes, we're,
0: yes, we're doing all Randy Rogers songs <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do blue bonnets in the summer Fuck it. We're <laughs> uh, but favorite stage you ever set foot on
1: Red Rocks really? Uh. yeah it's, it's the prettiest stage I've ever been. That's an
0: amazing stage, yeah, especially a, for music.
1: Yeah, for music and just the history there. But, but just standing on that stage is, is, is absolutely gorgeous. It's magical. I mean, actually, I really love the scenery and everything, the feeling you get at Red Rocks. But, but there's a magical thing about the Ryman in Nashville as well. That's well, that's
0: what I family. thought you were going to say, because as a Texan, you know, even though we're new friends... When I see Texas artists step on that stage, it makes me so damn proud. There's a more magical- It really does, it really does.
1: Well, there's a a magical thing that happens. There's a feeling you get when you play the Ryman, for sure. The room sounds good. It's historically, I mean, for me, when I first started out, to me, the greatest honor I could have ever, the number one goal I had for me in my entire life was to play the Grand Ole Opry, and that's where it all started. So to be on that stage, where it all started and the room still sounds amazing you feel right. like you're in church and it, there is a special feeling on there Red to mean, to is the prettiest to walk out on
3: but. those like wood planks yeah you know? hear it to-
1: and, yeah the first time I ever played the Ryman was they did a, an, a, a like a early show because every not uh, every once a year they go back to the Ryman the Grand Ole Opry goes back for a month and this was this they went back there and so they did a matinee show during CMA fest week or whatever they call it and so I w- they asked me to come in and do that. And the cool thing about the Ryman is they still have the stained glass yep. all, you know, all along the top. But you can't see it when you're on stage at night. But it, it, during the day, it's perfectly beautiful because oh. the lights are coming through there and my wife and my kids had flown in. And uh, for that deal, it was my second time to do it. And I, I played a... A song I wrote for my kids, you know, there that night. It was just like, man, that's just magical. Yeah, I'll never forget that day.
0: I was so upset because, you know, we we played. Oh yeah, that's definitely a a round of applause. Yes, yes.
1: I was. um, It feels weird getting sentimental next to Goldberg.
0: Yeah, well, he'll take care of that here in a minute. (laughs) uh, (laughs) But the, uh, you know, I you know, I finally got to play Nashville, and they offered the Ryman for me to play. It wasn't available, so I ended up playing the State Theater a um, uh, couple doors down right off of Broadway, but I, I told my people, I said, I gotta play the Ryman. You know, if they're doing comedy there, I gotta do a show there. You beat me to it. Amazing. Without further you. ado, <laughs> you mind singing a couple? Of, you know, Sing whatever you want. Yeah, now, you know what we want to hear, but sing whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Is, uh, Gus, you think uh, that microphone will be best for him, or, or do we want to put him on? You want me to, like, you mean to like sing like this? Well, we can, we can put the mic up there if you like. What, what do you prefer? Can we get him the mic in front of him so oh. that he doesn't have to sing like a no, weirdo? Here we go. You okay? I am a professional. You do not try this again.
1: <laughs> you got to turn this on. There you go. go. By request.
4: Again, again. <laughs> I love to watch the sunset as it fades behind the trees. love the talk with God, as I pray down on my knees. And I love the times I spend with my family and friends, Love to dream about all the places I've never been. Now I love to watch you laugh, a smile I love to watch you dream. Love it when you take my hand, let me know you believe in me. Now I love it that you're my girl. you in my life, baby, I know exactly who I am. Woo! Well, I've always loved you, baby. And I may mean, not always do what's right. But I love that girl, how we make up each and every time that we fight. Like I love So very much I love you more than words Can say And I don't know How or why But I love you more every day That I love To watch you laugh And smile I love to watch you dream Love it when You take my hand Let me know You believe in me That I love it there You're my girl, I love that I'm your man Now that you're in my life, baby, I know exactly who I am I love it when you take my hand, let me know you believe in me. And I love it that you're my girl, I love, and I'm your man. Now that you're in my life, baby I know exactly who I am. Who yeah? Oh, now that you're in my life, baby, I know exactly who I am.
0: I brought a, I brought an extra set of panties and uh... For me or for you? For, for both of us. We both brought... You ever, you ever have, Bill, you ever have like no. a, a buddy of yours? No. no. no.
2: <laughs> Whatever it is, it's no. Yeah.
0: no I was no. gonna say, you ever have like a buddy that comes to your house with a guitar? No. And then he sings and then you think he's good? And then this fucking guy sings and you're like, oh, that's fucking good.
2: And then you bring up two pair of panties? I don't know. Well, I'm wearing one of yours, so we're... Uh, <laughs> I didn't call them panties, I called them briefs. Briefs, your briefs, your briefs. Just like it's not a doll, it's an action now, figure. Now,
0: am I the only... <laughs> He's got him with him, and he tells the kids, where did I touch you? Show me. Show me on my action figure. Wow. Show me on my action figure. <laughs> where... <laughs>
2: Man, you dug deep for
0: that. <laughs> it was fucking funny, all right? Leave I'm, it to man, Steve to ruin a sweet moment. I mean, Touché.
2: maybe I'm you not know, in the it Hall of Fame. a sweet moment with the song and the love and all that. Good job there, bud. But it,
0: <laughs> I hope we're not recording any of this. This is a- uh,
2: Winter special again? Yeah.
0: <laughs> As a 19-year-old to write that song.
2: Yeah. Th- That's you, just what I kept
1: thinking. I, dude, I, I, well, my, was, I had an imaginary a, girlfriend at the time who was really smoking hot.
3: <laughs> no, but you know what? I got, I got teary-eyed because Steve and I started dating when I was 19, so I hear you sing that song, and then I'm like, well, there is love like that at 19, you know?
1: You know, it really is crazy, though. That the, like, Ray Wiley Hubbard taught us, you, you better be careful what you write because you may have to sing it forever, and it's, it's very true. I never imagined I'd be singing a song that... that. And every single... Year I do, I do handwritten lyrics and every single person requests me to write who I am. It's a part of people's weddings. And I'm like, damn,
2: shit, that's the song I'm
1: known for, you know? <laughs>
2: but that's, but, but that's, like, that's like doing TV or doing a movie and then filming the rehearsal, right? Yeah. Because the rehearsal's always fricking better than <laughs> every any time. shot you're gonna do, right? right so yeah. I, I, that's kind of an analogy. But you, really you weren't overthinking it. But no, you're I still able to sing it
0: with passion.
1: Yeah, no, I do love the song. And I, I don't mean to, I'm definitely not talking bad about because it. I it's it's like I said I'm, I'm bragging about it, because it's done it still does amazing things for my career. It keeps me afloat. It's just uh, I, I I look back and think man I've you know been work I work so hard. I love writing songs. That's that's I love to do it. I do it all the time and it's why I release records. You know so I just I've worked really hard at the craft and it's just funny to me to look back and think man that's still the one people want to hear and that's that's amazing. Cool. And you're right. I probably didn't. Overthink it. I just yeah, put it exactly. out and
2: yep. it just came from your heart. How yeah. about a round
1: of applause, huh? <laughs> it was amazing. Another one? Yeah. Can we do something, I don't know, fast, slow? What do you want here?
0: Man, you, you, it's your call. Today, no requests. No requests today. Anybody got a request?
2: <laughs> How about a. Uh, do what you want.
1: This is newer. We go really old school with the first one, then we're going to no. do it.
4: I imagine you'd be mystery. We them on the edge of their seats. If I were a mystery, you'd be a sweet song, always bringing the best out of me. And every song I sing, oh, God. Gotta love when love comes around You're Memphis, I'd be Elvis Every day I'd buy you a Cadillac if You were a sweet song, I'd be the midnight We drift away like morning ain't coming back It's a shine on baby
0: on
4: the edge of their seats Woo!
0: Thank you. awesome thank you fucking hey huh wow that's why i got in this business
2: got a front row seat
0: now bill's gonna sing one next <laughs> Is, uh... yeah. happy birthday uh, well at, at at this moment to wrap it up uh, we would like to take questions from the audience Feel free to ask anybody up here any question you like. Well, um, not any question. Any question. Now, now, we are here to raise money, right? And uh, if somebody would like to pay a donation to Helicopters for Heroes for Bill Goldberg to Helicopter Wade, we will take some money for that. I'm just throwing that out there. All right? I'm just throwing that out there. When did I segue into an amusement we, uh, park ride? Yeah, well. So if anybody wants to take care of that, we'll make that happen. Anybody have a question? Please come on up and ask any question you like. One more song, Wade! Oh, you got a request from the back. One more song, Wade. She it? said it she said it demanding. She said a question. Yeah. She said it like now. Do it now. She did. Yeah. She did. Well, we all, <laughs> we all want it. A lot
4: of passion behind that. God,
0: nobody says that shit to a comedian ever. <laughs> come on, Steve. Another dick joke, we all want it. Like, it more jokes. Shit on Bill again, we want it.
2: Nah, who wouldn't want that?
0: They don't have to go to the mic. Raise your hand if you have a question. You don't even have to get up. Yes, in the back. I saw somebody raising their hand in the back, did I? Right here behind the camera. Oh, right here, yes sir. I know who, uh, let me guess who you're gonna ask a question to.
2: So Goldberg, I know you went from WCW to WWE. How was it, what was the difference working for both companies? So, so well, I,
0: have I have to repeat, repeat the question so that, that people at home know what's going on. What was the difference between both companies? Because you were at WCW and WWE. What was the big difference? The
2: best way that I can describe is WCW was run by the inmates. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, I mean, you know anything about the wrestling business at the time? You got Kevin Nash, you got, you got Scott Hall. You got Hulk Hogan, 100%. Then on the other flip side of the coin, you got the 800 pound gorilla, which his name's Vince McMahon. So, I mean, as long as you go into Vince and make sure that every idea that you have sounds like it came from his mouth, you know, you're good. But uh, I, had a, I had a much better, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I do that now with my, yeah, we all do that with our wives if we're smart. 800 pound gorilla, you say. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, I don't describe Wanda like that usually, but um, but honestly, man, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I had the time of my life at WCW. It was awesome. Uh, we were killing, you know, WWE, and it was like a small band of brothers against this big conglomerate, right? But a lot of those brothers were deceitful and villainous, right? So, uh, I'm describing a lot of likenesses <laughs> to our women that we call our wives. Question but, right here? Yeah. Uh,
0: so Very here. aggressive, he's getting up.
2: My wife's favorite wrestler. She's loved you, like love you, ever You are the only one in the world that's ever said that. Are you
0: his, are you his celebrity pass? <laughs>
2: Two-part two question.
0: Two-part question. What is this, the fucking UN? What uh, Got a two-parter, sir. <laughs>
2: with Vince McMahon? Do you like him as a person? Like, is he a like important stuff? And then the second part, bringing up another wrestler, Sting. Did you have a relationship with him? Do you like Sting? he? How is he? 100%. You know, I'll start with the second question. Sting's the reason why I broke into the business. Uh, Sting Sting set a great example. And he's about to retire in February. And I tried to be a part of his retirement match, you know? But um, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have, been, I wouldn't have Chose to to get in the world of professional wrestling. If it wasn't for Sting, uh, he was a <laughs> don't take offense to this. He was a normal dude who went out and did abnormal things, right? Uh, wrestling is like being in the circus. I mean, it truly is. Uh, so I never, like I said, I never looked at it with much respect. But after I watched him from afar, I realized that I had the ability to go do it because he was a man. Performer. Well, he was not only a performer, but he, he, he had self-respect and he commanded respect and he just, he, it's, it's really hard to describe it. You know, because Steve Borden, Sting, is, is one of the best human beings on the planet. And he set an example for me, and I just tried to grab the torch and run with it and make him proud. You know, so. uh, Oh, from what I see. I sound like a corny motherfucker. No, you did it. I mean, mean, really. I mean, I apologize for that, but I mean, that's that's the truth. I mean, I love him to death. Now, do you like Vince? I ever ever had. Well, I'm taking my time getting that. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I had the best time of my life in the ring with Sting. You know, the match that he and I had, and I mean, Sting. I'll never forget. Sting took me to NASCAR. When WCW sponsored NASCAR, eight years before I got into the business. You know, I mean, he, we were just friends. Uh, I used to train at his gym. He and Lex Luger owned a gym in Atlanta. When I was with the Falcons, I used to go in and bend all his bars. Uh, <laughs> Bragging had, again, how many, uh, yeah. No, I'm just saying they, they uh, hate I used to, me. I break toilet seats, bro. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a different one to brag on. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> now segue into Vince 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 is like Dana White right uh, he's he's the big boss and he makes everything happen but in all honesty he gave me the opportunity to put my wife and my son on the front row and gave me the ability to perform again in front of him so I owe him everything until we went to Saudi Arabia and he asked me to put uh, Roman Reigns over, and I had COVID. And I remember calling him from my house here, and I said, "Listen, here's the deal. I'll do it if you give me a retirement match." And uh, I lit- I had COVID. Who gave you COVID? Frickin', you know who gave me I know. You know who I gave, know. Fucking Fluffy gave me COVID. <laughs> I'm gonna squeeze that dude. And, and, and make by his the way, head pop off. <laughs> he doesn't have
0: a neck. But by the way, he gave me COVID. <laughs> <laughs> God, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Sorry, Gabe.
2: <laughs> All right, one but, more. But, but hold on. Yeah, go ahead. But he. Ne- but obviously, you know, he never. I did what he asked. Uh, you know, as a performer, as a performer that runs around in his underwear. You're very self, I was 56 years old when I did this, right? So as a human being, you're conscientious about how you look in a bathing suit, especially two months prior to you being in that bathing suit in front of millions of people, you couldn't work out for two months because you had COVID. From Fluffy. From Fluffy. (laughs) So, So I put myself in a horribly shitty situation to get what I wanted to, but to satiate him and to give him what he wanted. Problem is, he never held up his bargain. So Vince is a piece of shit, as far as I'm concerned.
0: You heard it here live, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Another question, do we have another one? Yes, sir, the man in the red shirt over there.
2: That's the bottom line. Georgia plays Texas next year. Fuck Texas. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I went to Georgia! I'm kidding. I went to the University of Georgia, right? So, I, I you know, give me a minute here. I saw that on the schedule. Finish, finish your question. What's the score going to be? You know, if... if uh, you know what? If ne- neither one of them are seriously pursuing my son for a scholarship, so fuck both of them! No. Uh, I, I, I'm ecstatic that that's, that game is going to happen, and I'm very happy that it's going to happen in Austin. Can
1: we, can we get him some more crown,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> This is going to be awesome. And some popcorn.
2: Yeah, and it's a popcorn. It's <laughs> a popcorn. Another question. One more. Yeah, yes, right here, young lady. fucking <laughs> awesome. It's true. I, I don't
0: lie. Uh, hold on.
2: My brother,
3: when he was alive, was a huge Wade Bowen fan. The thing he always said was Wade fucking Bowen. So I had to say it for him
0: her brother passed and she loved wade bowen it's amazing thank you so much yes sir thank you two-person question question. question. (laughs)
2: coolest person you ever got to party with after an event
0: goldberg Goldberg. (laughs) it's
1: gonna happen i'm just i'm predicting the future
0: Uh, Wade Bowen, ladies. my wife, my wife, coolest person.
2: Yeah, say your wife, you're better,
0: dude. <laughs> no, we, you know, hanging out at the comedy store on, on, in L.A. was one of the coolest experiences of my life because everybody wanted to be there. I mean, I met Eddie Van Halen. I met Anthony Kiedis. I, I mean, you name it, I met him. Rock then, stars
3: want to be comedians, and comedians want to be rock stars secretly. So when they, like, hang out together, it's cool to and,
0: watch. And, you know, a lot of times... After the comedy show's done, all us comics hang out, and then whoever famous is there continues to hang out. So one night we're all hanging out, and Willie Nelson and Stevie Wonder are there, and Stevie gets on the piano in the main room, and I watched Stevie Wonder and Willie Nelson put on a Drunken High concert <laughs> for, for an hour. And this one over here is like, are you coming home? I'm like, bitch, maybe not. I don't know. Like, it's five in the morning. I got Willie Nelson and Stevie Wonder playing the piano right now. And- You been on his bus? I have. The best part was that at the end of the night, everybody's wrapping it up and they sing seven Spanish angels together. And I just remember, and it was crazy to me because as a Texas boy, you know, I'm loving every minute of it, and then you got these other comics that are kind of over the fact that they're playing, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, do you not see what's happening here? So that was one of the, like, really cool moments uh, in my life as a stand-up, but, you know, not to get dark here, but to be, you know, invited to be at the Comedy Store, you know, when Bob Saget passed, and we had our memorial there, and when Robin Williams passed, and, to be in the back of the room at those memorials and to see all these great comedians go up and talk about these people and just, for me being a little kid from Gregory Portland, Texas, you know, thank you, but it's just, I I would, I don't know if you guys have these moments where I'm sitting in the back going, is this my life? Like this is absolutely amazing to be a part of this and Jim Carrey's walking on stage and and, you know, all these legendary comedians are walking on stage talking about their relationship with Robin. And I'm, I'm in the back going, I'm invited to this. Oh, my God. So I've had a lot of great moments at the Comedy Store. Um, but I will say, I will say that no bullshit. Me and my wife as drinking buddies, ain't nothing better. Ain't nothing better. That's the truth. Yep. Nothing better. She don't drink much anymore, so it's rare. We got to. Uh, last question we got to wrap it up and we got to keep you guys for a little burt reynolds uh, burt reynolds answer.
2: you hung out with Birdie? Oh, yeah.
0: tell me about that oh, one burt
2: burt worked with my wife my wife was a, is a stunt woman was a stunt woman right and so she worked with burt for years and we went and did the longest yard and i walked right up to burt and i was like burt my name is bill goldberg and he goes i know who the fuck you are
0: <laughs> and i said okay
2: um, hall of fame Oh, I was in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I said, Mr. Reynolds, you, you might know my wife. And he says, who is that? And I said, uh, her name is uh, Wanda Ferriton. And he goes, you mean blue? Eye, or you mean, you mean brown eyes? And I'm like, oh, great. Ooh. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. How well do you, you know her? And uh, he's, he, uh, we talked for a second, and then we shook hands. And I walked off, and about 10, I got about 10 steps away. And he goes, "Hey Goldberg," and I turn around and he says, "You know, I respected you before, but now that I know that you're married to brown eyes, I respect the shit out of you." <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, Bert. Bert was burt was absolutely one of the coolest. he, Bert, he was freaking burt Reynolds. burt
0: Reynolds, man. man.
2: Yeah. You know, he the only bad part about him is he gave me his agent, and he was a he piece was of worthless. Shit. But other than that, Bert, but
1: he, man, but he, did, he didn't give you COVID, so that's a good thing. And, yeah, no, no. Uh, <laughs>
0: Wade with the closer. Let's go. That concludes the podcast. Give it up for my special guests. Oh, thank you gentlemen for being with us tonight.